By 2019, 80% of the world's internet traffic will be video. If there's one new thing you tried this year, it has got to be video. In this episode, I talk about the exact kit I use to create compelling and professional looking videos at a fraction of the cost you would pay someone to do. Plus, I share a tip on increasing landing page conversions by 300% and I review my candidate for book of the year. They Ask, You Answer by Marcus Sheridan. All that and a whole lot more in this episode of Inbound Buzz. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast, your weekly jolt of all things digital and inbound marketing. Brought to you by redpandas.com.au. Now for your host and co-founder of Red Pandas, Moby Sadiq. Welcome to Inbound Buzz. I'm your host, Moby Sadiq, welcoming you to a very late episode, episode number 55 apologies to all our regulars a combination of a few busy days and i'm not gonna lie i kind of discovered netflix binging over the weekend has pushed me into catch-up mode so apologies again the other thing that has kept me busy is a couple of speaking gigs and next wednesday by the way 7 a.m sydney time i'll be doing a breakfast presentation in sydney city called looking through the crystal ball the top consumer trends of 2017 the whole thing is around being successful in business in sales and marketing um, a big part of that is staying ahead of your competitors and understanding what the top marketing trends are, what's working, what doesn't work, and how consumers are reacting to it. Very practical, um, based on a lot of my own actual findings and experiments not to be missed. But if you're not in Sydney, don't fret, we'll be streaming the entire thing free on Facebook Live. Um, and this is especially handy if you happen to be the 50% of our listeners uh, who SoundCloud tells me are from the United States. So for all you guys who can't make it um, or are overseas, I'll have the details in the show notes for you to either check it out live or watch the replay. Okay, so let's start with a bit of news from Google. It was announced last month that Google plans to shut down Google Site Search. Now, what is Google Site Search? It's a product that's been around since around 2008, and what it allows you to do is use Google's second-to-none search technology on your own website so their own sort of fuzzy logic their own intelligence you know the the key things that make the algorithm work so well you can use that on your website so obvious user case someone's on your website they're looking for something they're impatient or they don't know what they uh they can't find what they're looking for they use that search bar on your website to find what they're after how good is that right but Unfortunately, if you've just kind of heard about it, it's kind of too late because Google will stop selling licenses to Google Site Search and renewals as of April 1st. Now, the product was so good for a couple of reasons. One, of course, it uses Google's search technology. And two, it was a product that required no technical skills to implement and load. And it came up very nicely in Google Analytics. So Google Analytics has a insight search section where you can see all your data from within Google Analytics. Now they are replacing Google Site Search, but what they're replacing is is quite frankly garbage. Google Site Search is being replaced by a new tool called Free Custom Search. This sucks because the Free Custom Search has ads in your search results. Can you believe it? So you've got ads in your search results. You, someone goes on your website, they're looking for something, and you've got ads. Like, not only does that look spammy, it it takes people off your website. Now, Larry Page himself from Google, the founder of Google, would not try to sell that to his mother. Why on earth would you want ads that 
take people off your site and could potentially take um, them to competitors. It doesn't make any sense. But site search itself as a concept is very, very powerful. It's essentially free market research. Now, Avinash Kaushik, who funnily enough is a self-confessed digital marketing evangelist for Google, once said many, many years ago, and I still remember this, page reports on analytics will tell you what people are looking for. You know, so you know those popular page reports, landing page reports, they'll tell you, you know, what, what people are looking at and what they're doing. But one thing they won't tell you is visitor intent, which is powerful. So for example, you might have a page, uh, your solutions page, um, and you think, you know what, this solutions page is great, it's very easy to find, it's in the navigation and whatever. But if people are still searching for it, if you find from the data, because you have site search theoretically, or maybe you do have it, if people are searching for it and searching for it often, you need to do a better job at your user experience. Another insight is where are they searching? That's just as important as what they're searching for. Not everybody is landing on your homepage, right? So in fact, the better you do SEO, the more terms you're gonna rank for, um, the smaller percentage of your landing pages will be your homepage. So it tells you what they are looking for and where they are looking for that thing. Do they, for instance, search for support on your about page? Are they looking for prices on your services page? And of course, if you haven't already guessed, this free market research is perfect for the lazy marketer and all of us that screams your content plan. If you want to know what content you need to beef up on your site, what pages you need to create, um, even blog post ideas, site search is a very good place to start. Now, I've sold you on the concept and the power of site search and depressed you that Google site search is going. Let me cheer you up. A lot has changed since 2008 when Google Site Search came out. And today there are a number, an absolute infinite number of fantastic Site Search tools that you can check out. I'll list a couple of really quick ones here. Ad Search, and you know, ads is spelled A-D-D Search. Don't let the name fool you, there are no ads on this tool. This tool automatically crawls your website on a very regular basis and has some really cool social search integrations as well. And it's just as easy as Google's old tool to set up, so that's fantastic for us non-techie types. Very easy, kind of plug and play, and this thing is away. That's ad search. There's also a great tool by Amazon, who seem to have their finger in many pies, from grocery sales to uh, producing movies. They've got this tool from the Amazon Web Services division called Cloud Search. So it's slightly more techy than ad search. Um, I feel it is more robust than ad search. It's a very good option and actually has a lot more options than Google's tool as well. Finally, there's Algolia. Now, this is a great tool for WordPress, super easy to set up and has a free trial. Now, all of these, they range from, you know, maybe $20, $30, $50 a month. Some of the more enterprise ones are more. And Google Site Search also used to come at a price. Um, and it's well worth it. So Algolia actually comes with a free trial. You can check it out and see if it's you know worthy for you. And actually a fourth one I might add as well, if you're on Magento and running an e-commerce uh, store, is called Fact Finder. Now I've used this one a fair bit recently. And this is fantastic to see if you're missing out or losing sales. So this is quite powerful. People will not put in the right spelling, right? Or they'll search synonyms and you can thank Google and Facebook for that because nobody knows how to spell anymore. So for example, someone might, you might have trailers on your website, right? You know, there's trailers that you attach to a car. If someone is um, spelling uh, it with a trailer, with an OR, that may not come up. But if you've got a tool like this, you can see what these queries are. And you can even see on Fact Finder specifically, I know you can see 
all the results that actually returned no pages. Now fine, maybe some of those searches you don't have content for, but what if they're misspellings? What if they're synonyms? You know, what if you know people are searching soda instead of soft drink or whatever it is? Um, this is a great way to stop leaks in uh, sales, essentially. Of course, um, I'll link to all of that in the show notes. I'll uh, You can check those tools out, see what kind of works for you. And it could be a very easy and a very lazy way to help your visitors with a better site experience. So check that out in the show notes, redpandas.com.au, EP55. Now, I want to start uh, with the featured book, right? But before I do that, I want to say something about books themselves. See, everyone I interview on the show is someone who I personally actually want to learn from someone who I admire and want answers to questions I have for my own business and for my clients. Now, from the feedback I've received from listeners, you guys agree to it's questions that often you guys have had and or information very valuable. And what I try to do is everyone who I speak to, every expert that I learn from is implement one key thing. Last week or last episode, we had Tim uh, Solo, the head of marketing from Ahrefs, a very, very powerful all-in-one SEO tool I highly recommend you check out. Now, Tim spoke about his advice. Uh, of course, he spoke about the Ahrefs and, and the tool and some great SEO tips. Um, but he also spoke about his advice of making a conscious decision from learning from books, not just blogs, not just online content. Um, and he made some really, really good points. So firstly, one of the things you might find is there's a lot of garbage out there. And often you're peddling through stuff you already know about. Right? I mean, it's great for areas that you don't know about, but often, you know, particularly on the digital marketing side, I know you're peddling through the same stuff that a million other people have written about. And also, when you think about it, writing a blog doesn't take much effort. There's no editorial process. When someone is writing a book, they are writing it in hopes of exchanging that book for money. That is their objective. It has to be so good that people will pull out their credit card or pull out their wallet and pay for it. They're not trying to get a backlink. Also, books often will have a linear progression. They have a logical structure, the good ones anyway. And you don't have the hassle of emails or WhatsApp notifications popping up when you're trying to read them. So old school sometimes is best. So I've been trying to make a conscious effort. So Tim recommends or something he does himself is read 20 pages or so a day. And you can cover about a book in a fortnight if you look at it that way. And that's about 20 books a year. And that's giving yourself a month and a bit off in between. Now, speaking of books, right, going back to the featured book, if you only read one book this year, not 20, that book should be They Ask, You Answer by Marcus Sheridan. Marcus, of course, is a guy, uh, for me, who honestly has changed my entire frame of reference when it comes to marketing. This guy isn't a, a classically trained marketer. Um, you know, degree after degree after degree. This is a guy who's who's done it and who's saved his own business and helped hundreds of other businesses as well. Now, for the regulars of the show, you will know I'm a huge fan of Mar- a fan of Marcus, and because I've been following him for a few years now, you know, you kind of think, okay, cool, you know what this person's about. I thought, okay, seriously, come on, how much am I going to learn from Marcus Sheridan's book? He talks about the big five. He's he's spoken about that for years, like you know, the five types of content you should be writing about to get sales talking about price, talking about problems, you know, they're just some of the the types that he talks about. So I didn't think I was going to learn a lot, but I was honestly surprised. So the book itself, the principle on the surface level is, is very simple, very, very simple, but it has an incredible amount of depth. The whole premise of They Ask, You Answer 
is understanding what people want to know about, what they're searching for, uh, what are the the answers to the questions um, that they have, you know, what are your personas asking for, and addressing them as honestly as possible. Seriously, as honestly as possible. This is coupled with the principle of being the teacher in your industry. And using the word teacher isn't by accident. It's a very selective word. Because if you think about it, when you're at a school or whatever, the teacher um, has already been paid. Like the teacher's job is to educate you, right? They've got no affiliation, no connection um, to, you know, the person who invented the subject. They are simply teaching. And if you think of most industries, there isn't a thought leader. There isn't a, a, a brand or a person who, you know what, is the objective source of truth in that industry. Hence the opportunity. Let me give you an example. So I'm working with a client at the moment in the spear fishing industry. This is one of those weed companies, and yes, they exist out there, who have done quite well without a website. They've actually done pretty well, and they've got a strong um, uh, base in Australia, and they're looking to go global now. So now they're actually looking at expanding their digital marketing efforts, getting a website and that sort of thing. So some of the work we've been discussing with them is being the thought leader, being the teacher in the industry. So, for instance, you've got the, the spearfishers who know what they're doing, but then you've got people like me who have no idea what spearfishing is. So think about the market expansion opportunity there. So they could actually own the idea and the, the subject matter of spearfishing and writing about things like how do you get into spearfishing, what kit do you need, the cost of getting into spearfishing, um, and even reviewing products and even reviewing their competitors, something that Marcus is big on, reviewing your competitors like an objective company, right? You talk about their good things as well as some of their not so good things. Um, and this is one of those things, if you do it right, it can honestly transform your business because, of course, you know, we're in the era of authenticity and transparency. It's like I always say, if marketing has only one job, it's to build trust, that's marketing's role. Build that trust. And being honest as the go-to authority is the best way and fastest way to earn that trust. Earning the trust before they even need you. Now, for those of you who don't know Marcus's story and briefly touched on, touched on it in the past, and the premise behind They Ask You Answer, and he talks about this in his book as well, is it saved his business from bankruptcy. You know, he was facing bankruptcy. Him and his business partners at the time, um, he still owns Riverpool's, uh, the pool company, and they didn't have money to spend on advertising. So he wrote about the cost of a fiberglass pool, this product versus that product, and that essentially saved his business. Um, two other reasons why this will be my favorite book of the year. Firstly, the case studies. The case studies, I, I read these case studies and I think of, you know, people often will ask me, how do I sell content marketing to my managers? How do I get this across the line? Well, there's examples in this book that are some of the most driest industrial you know, industries you can think of, you know, like uh, something like finance software for the um, hospital industry, like really, really niche stuff, things you'd be like, who's even looking for this stuff? Who's even searching for this stuff? Um, but it's, it's got those case studies. So it's perfect for you to help you build a business case. The second thing is, and my, my favorite part, because obviously, you know, I have clients of my own, I need to workshop things, is the workshop. So, in the book, there is a chap. There is a chapter or two on how you work. How would you actually workshop this? How do you get people in the room? What do you say to them? How do you sell to them the concept of how people, how the modern buyer acts and researches these days? 
and getting them to, because it's very, we're too close to our product sometimes, getting them to think about, okay, when you're in a different industry, um, what, what are you looking for? You know, do you look for prices? Yes, you probably do. That's the first thing people look for when they're on the, on the website. Do you look for reviews? Yes, you do. So taking them out of that frame of reference first from your own brand, getting them to understand how buyers think, and then actually workshopping it step by step. So if you can't afford Marcus to do a very valuable but likely expensive workshop, man, this is his playbook. And it's like 25 bucks. Actually, I think at the moment... It's on Amazon, it's like $16. And I know that because I just bought a second copy as a gift for someone. So check it out. Even if you're not a reader, buy one book, make it this one, I'll be happy. Okay, before we get to our featured buzz, um, my tip of the week is a conversion tip. And this is a tip from Wishpond uh, that can increase conversions by 300%, according to research they have done. The tip is adding a countdown timer. This works due to the concept of increasing perceived scarcity. So if you go back to one of my favorite episodes, episode 32, where I discussed scarcity in the science of persuasion. So I spoke about six ways to persuade people based on, on science and, and experiments that you know people have done. Some other techniques were showing consensus. You, know, you could call that social proof and reciprocity as well. Redpandas.com.au forward slash EP32 if you're interested in that sort of stuff. Now, the research uh, is legit. And in fact, you might have noticed that more and more landing page tools uh, like Wishpond, Leadpages, and my favorite webinar tool, Webinar Jam, they're actually adding countdown timers by default in some of their templates. By adding a countdown timer, you're adding a sense of urgency. You're telling people this is a finite offer. This won't last forever. Right? Of course, you know, you, you can't have an offer that will last three months or six months. Um, I mean, that's okay if, if the product is expensive and has a long buying cycle. But two weeks, four weeks, um, you, you probably want to keep it in that sort of range. If you want to check out an example, there's one that we've created. We've actually taken this principle on board and um, I'll share that in the show notes. Actually, I'll share a screenshot because that page will probably go down in a couple of weeks. So in addition to a uh, countdown timer, further down the page, we've got a count up ticker that shows the amount of kilometers this particular product of our client sells has saved. So a lot of creative ways you can use tickers, right? Countdown, count up, um, check that out. If you've got a landing page that you're working on, can you add scarcity by adding a countdown timer? If you've got something like HubSpot, even better because you can split test it. All right, let's move on to my favorite topic of the, of the probably year so far, and that's video marketing and how to set that up on a budget. So I like to practice what I preach, right? And I've been getting more and more into video, both for myself um, and for clients and just advice to friends. In fact, I've started a 60-second skills that pay the bills video series. So the whole idea is in 60 seconds or less, I talk about a marketing tip or a tool um, whatever, you know, designed to educate and hopefully entertain my audience. I'll link to them in the show notes as well, and you can see they're only 60 seconds each. The two that I've pushed live are the best time to send emails in 60 seconds, best time and day to send emails, and three must-have Google Analytics goals. There's a third one that's currently in production called Explain to Me Marketing Automation Like a Five-Year-Old. Now, a few things I want to point out here, a few tips here. If time is an issue for you to create video, it is not an issue. It is an excuse. So I've already got a podcast, obviously, and that takes time for me to research, produce, distribute, 
And I always talk about the idea of having hero content. So what's that one thing you can commit to on a weekly basis that you will do? So for me, it's podcasting. If I do nothing else, I'm doing you know, four or five podcasts a month. These take time. So the last thing I want to do is create another long show. Um, that's why these videos are just a minute. The second thing to note in these videos, if you watch them, I don't take myself too seriously. Like I've got, you know, Sugar Hill Gang's Rapper's Delight instrumental playing in the background. I'm smiling and at the end I do this stupid thing where I say skills that pay the bills and I do like a boxing combination. Now, it's it's fun, it's approachable and, you know, people have told me, at least to my face, that they're very easy to consume both in terms of time and tonality as well. Um, but most importantly, even cost is no longer an excuse. One thing I will say here, because we've got an assortment of listeners, right? We've got people who work in small companies, people who work in large companies, entrepreneurs, self-starters, whatever. Even if you have the time, uh, sorry, even if you have the money to pay a video company uh, to do your videos, you still need to build a culture of video content creation in your organization. There's still a place for you know a certain level of polish and production videos, but people prefer raw, edgy, and I say warts and all, uh, authentic videos. They have a lot more cut through and they look less salesy. It's, you know, authenticity is the name of the game here. Also, even if you are a big company, you probably don't realize the amount of video content you need. Everyone from Marcus Sheridan to the founder of HubSpot, Brian Halligan, are saying that 50% of your content now needs to be video. And of course, by 2019, as I mentioned in the opening sting, 80% of the world's traffic will be video. So even if you can afford it, there's, there's more content than you think um, you need to be creating. So keeping them personable uh, alleviates a lot of pressure. And another tip I'll share is, particularly if you, you know, because we're not actors, right? If we're working in marketing, we're obviously not actors. A tip that I'll share is having a two-person two conversation alleviates a lot of that pressure, a lot of that stress. And I'll, two quick examples I'll give you. So uh, a trade show we did, uh, we helped a client with recently. Um, what we had, and now we're actually, it worked so well. Every trade show, we're recommending that they do this. We did a Facebook Live video. And essentially, it was one person. This person was from the marketing team talking to the expert, right? Talking to the expert. In, and this was in terms of rail. So rail infrastructure and uh, you know, rail train machines. I don't know what they're called. It was the marketing person speaking to that person and really frankly saying, you know what, say, I don't understand you know, some of these products. Why do you talk to me about what you're doing here at the show today and what some of these things do. And it literally, it was them having a conversation, walking around the stand, talking about the products. It worked really, really well. Trade shows are not the best thing to spend your money on these days. So you have to look at what you're going to get out of them. So for them, this is great because the show lives beyond that particular date. Um, another example is a Facebook Live show we did. So um, I, I did one uh, late last year, um, and we've recommended this to clients as well, where we set up, you still have a structure. You might have three key things you talk about, like this show. Obviously, there's a structure. I know loosely there are a couple of topics I need to discuss, um, but then it, it's it's pretty much a free-for-all. So having two people having conversation about their industry, and we have these conversations all the day. Sometimes you just need a camera on to capture that. Now, let's talk about the gear I specifically use. So if you check out these videos, the gear that I use for these, it, it, it's a grand total of like $400, right? And I'll, I'll break that down. The lighting kit, sorry, before I get to that, the two key ingredients of video are lighting and audio. So if you can get lighting done right, 
and your audio done right, you're already there. People will forgive, you know, somewhat sketchy, uh, um, you know, video quality, but the audio and lighting is really, really important. The lighting kit I use cost me $135 from eBay, $135. The camera, so the camera actually in the videos, the 60-second skills that pay the bills videos, um, I use the Mevo only because for me it was just convenient. So the Mevo is a Facebook Live camera. It's designed specifically for Facebook Live. You can stream to Facebook Live um, from your recording, um, but you can also save onto the device as well. So for me, it was just convenient to use the same thing. I could have achieved the exact same result with my iPhone. So iPhones and smartphones are great when you have good light. The second thing is a, a holder. All right, so for a lot of the videos, I will shoot on an iPhone. So um, a holder kind of holds the iPhone. This costs around $5, and you attach that to a tripod. It's just a camera tripod, which you know on average might cost you $80, give or take. The software, now this is really, really important, is Camtasia. Now this is a tip I learned from George B. Thomas using Camtasia. Camtasia comes in at around $200. The beauty of this thing is it's just drag and drop, right? It's the whole WYSIWYG, what you see, what you get. And if you're familiar with um, Photoshop, you know, you've got different layers. You just drag and drop. So you drag and drop your video. So one layer will be your video. Another layer could be audio if you have an external audio source. So for me, I drag in um, the instrumental track that I have on, you know, a very light volume that plays behind me talking. Uh, you can drag a logo. So you literally just drag it onto your screen where you want it placed. Can have call outs so call outs are really really important in some of the videos i do uh, or we do for clients we'll actually call out a, a couple of key things on screen so to really emphasize a point or two or a call to action you know visit www whatever um, to find out more right lower thought the, the lower thirds rather the lower thirds look really good so the idea of a lower third um, is you know you got the person there in in the bottom you know bottom left hand corner usually you'll say the name so moby Sadiq head of Red Pandas or head of strategy at Red Pandas. So they've already got this templated. You just drag and drop and you change um, the name and the text there. So, uh, and the thing is, I've actually got Adobe Premiere Pro. I've already got that software. But why use a Ferrari to go to the corner store when a 10 second bicycle trip will do the job? And this is also great for my Surface Pro 4. So Surface Pro 4, it's, it's a great machine, very light, very handy. Um, it's compact, but it's not the most powerful piece of hardware. So Camtasia doesn't require you to have amazing computers or you know uh, graphic cards or anything like that. So when you add all that up, my grand total, ladies and gentlemen, is four hundred and twenty dollars. Um, and half of that is because of Camtasia. Half of that is because of the software. And for me, done is better than perfect. But of course, you do need a few tools, right? So that's why I mentioned some of these tools, you know, to get people started, to give you a fighting chance. So the key here really is building a habit or a culture around video. Every trade show, you should be doing video if you still do them. Every new products, do a quick video. And, and you know, when short of, um, you know, material or, or, or hardware, pull out an iPhone. That sort of stuff works really well on social media. And to be honest, once you have the gear and you've done that once or twice, it's a whole lot easier to do a video than writing an 800-word article. So check that out. I'll also link to a really cool resource by George B. Thomas, and he talks about setting up an office, uh, a video marketing office on a beginner's budget. Some great tips there as well. Okay, on that note, thank you once again for tuning in. Apologies again for being late this week. I hope you have a fantastic week ahead, 
and I'll catch you next time for another episode of Inbound Buzz. Thanks for listening to Inbound Buzz. Learn anything? Return the favor by spreading the word. Want to make your mark in digital? Need help with your digital strategy, inbound, and marketing automation efforts? Then visit redpandas.com.au and be sure to tune in next time for another Inbound Buzz hit.